Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Diana Torto is here today to talk about her latest book, Miss Alberta, Feline Barn Manager. Based on the true story of a feral barn cat, Miss Alberta is torn between the outdoor world she knows and the desire to live with her special human, Mama. And we'll learn all about Miss Alberta in just a moment. Before we get started, here's the inside scoop on the author. Diana Torto is a Buffalo, New York-based children's author. A graduate of the University of Pittsburgh with a degree in English writing and history, Diana is also an active animal rescue volunteer and serves as vice president of a small nonprofit horse rescue. She shares a small farm with her husband, horses, and cats. Diana started writing her first children's novel at the age of 12. Most of her books are written from a horse's point of view. Diana has a total of six books, three middle grade novels, two picture books, and one easy reader all featuring a horse or a cat as a main character. And you can learn more about Diana Tuorto and her work at www.horsebooksforkids.com. Well, hi, Diana. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Thanks so much for having me, Sherry. I appreciate it. Why don't you start us off by telling us a little bit about Miss Alberta, Feline Barn Manager. Absolutely. So this is my second picture book that I've ever done. It's a book based on the true life of a feral barn cat I used to have. And basically the story is about a barn cat that is getting attached to somebody that she calls mama. It's a human that comes to her barn and just gradually over time is interested in kind of coming in the inside the house to live with that person and just kind of all the obstacles she has to do to make that step forward, including a dog that's very scary to her. So the book is basically just about her journey to, to kind of make that change. Oh, wow. Yeah. So what was the inspiration behind the book and how closely does it mirror the true story of your cat? It is pretty close. So I had a feral bar cat. Her her actual name was um, Miss Fat Albert, based on the '80s cartoon character. Yeah. And the cat lived out there for at least five years. It might have been out there even longer. It was that was the period of time since we owned the house. Um, and this cat was like at the beginning was extremely terrified of people. Like would only kind of poke her head around corners, and then gradually she became like a, almost like a house cat that lived outside. She didn't really see the dog so much. I had a dachshund dog at the time. And when she did see him, she was scared of him, but she didn't see him as often as in the book. <laughs> um, but as far as like the, the journey of the cat going in the house, that's pretty accurate. We ended up catching the cat in a carrier at one point when she just sort of um, had relaxed enough many years later. But she did walk up to the house a couple of times and kind of express interest in going in. So that's kind of how I got the inspiration of that part of the story. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm definitely a cat person, so... <laughs> The story oh, appeals great. to me. Yeah, yeah. Now, so Miss Alberta, she's kind of torn between the two worlds, it sounds like. So how did you approach writing about her? Well, first, the internal conflict of a cat, you know, and <laughs> and what does it mm-hmm. represent for readers? Yeah. I wanted to convey that new experiences or places can be scary. But if you overcome your fear of those things, you know, good things can happen. So that was kind of one of the lessons I wanted to convey in the book. And it's 
with cats, it's interesting because you don't really know what they're thinking, but I know with her, she was very fear-based. So that was something I kind of wanted to convey in the book as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love the use of animals to, I feel like kids can relate to animals. So I don't know, easier, but I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always a fun story. I definitely could when I was a kid. Yeah, absolutely. I know what my cat's thinking all the time and I wish I didn't, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you know how that can be, right? (laughs) Oh yeah. I have seven. So, oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. Yeah. This is what happens when you live in a place where the barn is that people drop off their cats. It's it's horrible, but, and with all the rescues being full, like we've adopted a few cats out, but then some of them are just in the state that they don't, they're not as adoptable. So we went from having, I think most we used to have is three or four and then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden I ended up with seven cats. So that's where we are now. Yeah. So what prompted you to focus on themes of fear, trust, and overcoming obstacles? And how are these issues uh, particularly relevant for your intended audience of four to eight-year-olds? So I think with my cat, she was, like I said, very fear-based. She was feral, so she was afraid of humans at first. I definitely thought, you know, I wanted to tell her story, but I also thought that it could help young children. I was looking back kind of myself, I was really shy as a child, so I could definitely relate to that and just being more scared of things and and new experiences and just seeing it in my friends' kids and other, you know, kids that I work with. So that was something I kind of thought that would maybe be helpful for them, especially looking at it from maybe a cat's point of view. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm going to buy this book for my granddaughter because she's three and well, she'll be four in, she'll be four in April. Um, But you know, when they're, they're two to three and they're, they're fearless, you know, and, and now she's starting to grow up a little bit and she's, she has a little fear, you know, I noticed. And you know, okay. we're like, and not big fears, but just like, well, can you come and do this with me, BB? You know, cause she's just a little timid, <laughs> sure. I guess, yep. you know, so I That's think exactly how I was. So I can totally relate to that. Yep. Yeah. And so I think it's a great lesson in a way to, to help them overcome obstacles. So thanks. So how do you think children's books can help kids understand uh, complex emotions and learn about friendship, even like when the friendship starts off somewhat challenging? Yeah, I think it's always helpful when you can learn from someone else's experience. I wanted to call that out, particularly in the book, you know, just because someone looks different or acts different or even sounds different in the case of the dog um, than you, that you can have, you know, something in common with somebody as long as you give them a chance. So by taking that chance, whether you're a child or in this case, an animal, it can be scary, but it's all about taking that first step. So that's really what I wanted to focus on um, through a lot of this book. Yeah. And it's a great age to instill those things because kids are like sponges and they're they're just open to so many more things, I think, until they learn more about the real world anyway. Oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so... How did you do writing the story? Like, how was it? How did you balance like creating a wonderful story that's engaging for children, but also, you know, conveying those deeper emotional life lessons? Well, if I've done that, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) It's always something you, you kind of question yourself on. So when I started out, I mean, I started my first book when I was 12 years old. Um, So I used to write middle grade novels and it's taken some time to kind of get used to the whole like you can say a lot without having a lot of action and conflict. <laughs> so at first when I was writing the story, I went, Oh, is this, is this enough? Just the story of this cat trying to go to a house and, and having this dog as a, 
as a barrier, but the reaction I've gotten from small children has been really positive. And, and, you know, we've done some, you know, local story times and things and the kids are really riveted by it. And that really just touches me that they're actually that engaged with it. Cause I was kind of worried about that. So, and like I said, the life lessons that I really wanted to kind of focus on were the overcoming the fear and also just, um, you know, accepting people that are different than you, you know, especially everyone's always got, things in common, no matter, you know, what they look or sound like. So I kind of wanted to, to stress on that, but I'm glad that it seems like at least from the children that I've read the story to that they seem like they're pretty engaged with it, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to hear what it's like to go from writing middle grade to picture books. You it's kind of jarring. <laughs> yeah. Picture books look so easy. Oh, it's just a short 20 page story, you know, but it's hard. <laughs> it's so much harder. I think it honestly with picture books, it's so much shorter because you can just, you know, it's it's not such a long process. I mean, when I was doing the middle grade books, they would take years. I mean, there was a, one book I was workshopping for 10 years or something like that on and off. With the picture book, it's a lot quicker, but at the same time, you have to be so concise and you have to like every page counts so much. So I think that's definitely something that, you know, everyone thinks it's so easy, but for me, it, it can actually be more challenging, I think. I, yeah, I think it would be for me too. It's just trying to get everything across in like, what, 500 words or less or about 500 words exactly. or something. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you have to watch which language you're using. Are they going to understand these words? So that's why I've, I've always used writers groups and people that, you know, have young children as a sounding board in, in those age categories because, you know, there's just times that you kind of, you can be writing something and then it's not quite where it needs to be until you realize, you know, that you've workshopped it with those people. Mm -hmm. You know, one thing that picture books have, of course, are the pictures. And so that kind of tells a deeper part of the story. And, you know, almost a separate story or just enhances the written word. Tell me about your collaboration with your illustrator. What was it like working with her and bringing your story to life with the pictures? It was great. So the artist is Ava uh, Bucci. Uh, she's a local high school student here in Lockport, New York. I actually met her through a local gift shop that I do a lot of my book signings and readings at. It's called Artisan Alley. It's, in, it's actually in Newfane, New York. And she was an art student of Rhonda, who's the store owner. And I remember going in one day, and I think we were getting ready for one, a book signing for one of my other books. And I said, I have this new book. And I don't know who to use for the illustrator. <laughs> and do you happen to know anybody, you know, that's looking to do this kind of thing? And she goes, oh, you should talk to Ava. And they were doing a student art show at the time. And Ava had this uh, painting of a pig that's like the most adorable pig you've ever <laughs> seen in your life. And I went, oh, my God, I would love to work with her. So I reached out to her and we were collaborating over that over. I think it took, I mean, because she actually did full paintings for the entire book. It took about a year um, for the whole process, but she was so diligent about it. And basically what I did was I created, you know, a word document with all the content and basically shared it with her. And she would just ask questions here and there, but mostly I just said, you know, read the description and and paint based on what you see. And every painting was just more beautiful than the next. So it's been really great working with her. I would definitely work with her again. Wow, that's amazing. A painting for each. Yeah, I was wondering what the process kind of looked like. Did you map out the wording goes with this two page spread? This or it kind of sounds like. Yeah, that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I just had a word document and said, okay, this is page three to four or whatever it's going to be. And then she would just paint a painting based on that. But it was a lot of work. I mean, in the past, I've worked with people that have done either like pencil or, 
mostly illustration, I would say, versus painting. But she she did a painting for every single every single uh, you know two page spread that we had. So it was a long process. Oh wow, that's beautiful though. Wow, there because her her yeah. paintings are amazing, amazing. How old is she? I love her paintings. She is. I I don't want to misspeak, but I think she's seventeen this year. Wow. Okay. Yeah, she might be even. I think she's 17, pretty sure. Because I think when I met her, she was 15 or 16. So yeah, she's still a high school student. She has a lot of amazing uh, talent. She does robotics. She also does crochet work um, that's like beautiful. So she's got a lot of artistic talents and things that she's into. Hmm. What a great collaboration it sounds like, for sure. It was great. Yeah, I definitely would work with her. Yeah. Now you work with horses. You're involved in horse rescue. Uh, how has that involvement and your other experiences with animals shaped the characters and themes in your book? I'd say the biggest thing is I always want to make sure animals have a voice. I mean, they can't speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, my, obviously it's pretty obvious probably, but my favorite book when I was a child was Black Beauty. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I was, you know, I just love that the whole first person from an animal's point of view. And I think other than one of my books, they're all told from an animal's point of view, mostly horses, but, but cats was something I wanted to get into, especially after my cat passed away. That's the main character of this book is when I decided to write the story for her. Um, so, you know, a lot of my stuff, like I've done a lot with like TNR, so uh, trap, neuter, release for feral cats. So that kind of plays into this book too, because I wanted to make sure I told the story of a cat that wanted to move into the house, but also stress the fact that not all cats necessarily want to be a house cat. They might want to remain feral. So that definitely played in the, when I was writing this particular book with my other books, they've, you know, I've usually worked in stories that we've had from the different rescues of like, you know, this a pony that was neglected, for example, or mm. there was another pony that was a therapeutic riding horse, that kind of thing. So with cats, like I've definitely had a lot of experience just working with, feral cats and rescue cats and in her case she was kind of a feral cat that just didn't really need to be rescued but then decided she wanted to move into our house so that's that's what I was telling there (laughs) yeah oh it looks nice and warm in there (laughs) maybe I want to venture in right (laughs) (laughs) I know when she moved in I think she it was kind of a shock of oh I don't yeah air conditioning and heat and (laughs) you know I don't have to hunt for my food all the time. I mean, it's funny once I, I have several cats that used to be feral and they're all really funny. It's like they, if you even open a door, they don't have any interest in going to go outside. They don't want to stay inside. Yeah. No, I'm good. Thanks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Once they get over that. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I knew there was a lot more involved in the adoption of the feral cats. And I want to say I've, I've, Oh yeah. Yeah. It, there's a you've got to have a lot of patience and and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't yeah we've had a numerous feral cats that like just you know are truly feral and we don't try to take those cats and we usually just bring them to the vet we get them neutered or spayed and then they bring them back and they just do their thing and and we just like in my case i you know feed them outside and that's it and that's just that's how their lives are and we just let them do that the only cats i've ever brought inside are the ones that are truly kind of gentle and, and becoming friendly so yeah Given your extensive background in writing children's books, uh, how has the process of creating Miss Alberta, Feline Barn Manager, uh, differed from your previous works? Sure. I would say, uh, obviously, you talked about the difference between the middle grade and the picture books a little bit, but I would say the other difference with this particular book is that I was writing kind of a true story, whereas 
the majority, I mean, pretty, yeah, I would say all my other books are fiction, like completely fiction. They're not based on any truth at all, really, other than experiences that I've worked into a story. This one I kind of wanted to do as a tribute to my cat that passed away. So that process was a little bit different, was just trying to make sure I hit on kind of her personality, also my dog's personality and <laughs> and just that experience of, you know, what I would think that it would be like for her coming into the house. So that process was definitely different than any of the previous books. Cause even though I think I had a, one of my other picture books was about a late horse that I had and kind of a fictionalized version of what happened to her. This was the most like true to life that I've written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is your second picture book you said? It is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And the rest were middle grade. Okay. So now animals bring such joy to our lives. How does the theme of joy and enrichment that animals bring to our lives affect young readers and their understanding of the human to animal relationship? That's a good question. I think like for certain kids, especially that animals really kind of break down the walls of, you know, here's something that kind of provides you unconditional love and you know, usually they're pretty happy, especially if you have a dog, <laughs> that cats too, though. So I don't know. I think it's, um, especially speaking from somebody who is definitely shy as a child, I think they just have a way of kind of being more easily relatable than maybe meeting a person on the street than, you know, with cats and, and dogs and, and horses too. And there's just something about, you know, being able to interact with them and, and being able to, you know, take care of them and, and have them just be very grateful for that. So I think that might be something that, that children relate to. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You talked a little bit about some feedback you've received. Can you give us an example? Is there anything like that has been most memorable that you've received from a, a young reader or their parent about Miss Alberta? Yes, actually. So um, a friend of mine, she was one of the first ones that I gave the book to. And apparently her kids are requesting that this book be read to them on, I don't know if it's still happening, but for the first couple of months, it was like a daily basis. She kept telling <laughs> me that they had to read the book, which I, I'm like, they've got to be sick of that book. No, no, they still want it read to them. And I've had a few other people say that they really like the fact that every time they read the book, they get something different out of it, which I thought was really nice. Cause again, I'm thinking of it from somebody who used to write, you know, much longer pieces. And yeah. I'm thinking it's just short and you would just read it one time and then you would be done with it. But I've heard that from a few people that they've they've either read it and then reread it, uh, you know, very frequently or they've reread it several times since they got the book a few months ago. So that's been really good feedback is that it's holding up and it's something that you actually want to come back to for kids. That's yeah. really great. Yeah, that's exciting. That is the mark of success. <laughs> right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, and I love the fact that uh, you mentioned that, you know, rereading and getting different messages every time they read that. I love that. What are some of the messages that you hope readers will take away from the story? Definitely the thing about friendship and the fact that you can have friendships with, you know, people, animals, whoever, whatever it happens to be that are different than you you know, coming to kind of an understanding of what what similarities you might not have on the surface, but that you kind of find within each other. That's a big one. Um, just not being afraid to take a chance and try something new, because if you're afraid of taking chances and you never do anything new, nothing good is going to happen probably. So those are kind of the two big ones for sure for, from this book. Yeah. Now, you know, I guess looking back on your journey, your your entire writing journey of writing and publishing, What's been most rewarding for you? 
Oh, wow. I mean, this book is up there for sure um, because <laughs> it was a great process going through with Ava having like personalized paintings for each page. Mm-hmm. That was a really great process. I mean, I think going back, I was probably the most excited when my first book got published or self-published because it was, I had just gone through such a process of, I think I started when I was 12 and then, it, so I actually had a publishing contract on it at one point that I, I decided actually just to go back to, I was self-publishing other books and I went, I can actually probably do better just self-publishing this book. So yeah. I canceled that contract and then published that one and that one. So I think that was finally got back in print when I was like 29. So after about a 19 year process, that was huge. So having that book in print has always been kind of like my, you know, like it's almost like your first child. <laughs> um, yeah. But having that book was great. And, and being able to publish this book for my cat was good. I'm one of those people that every time I write a book, I go, okay, I'm done. This is it. <laughs> so I did that a couple of years ago. I'm like, okay, I wrote this book for my horse that passed away. And I, I made a nice story about, you know, for kids dealing with what, losing a pet or losing a loved one. I was, that was the angel horses book I wrote. I'm like, okay, that I'm good. I'm done now. And then this other story came into my head and I went, oh, okay, I guess I'm doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Well, I was going to ask you if you were working on anything next. Um, so maybe we'll just have to wait and see, or, or do you have some other plans in mind? Yeah, I don't have anything currently. So I, I have one easy reader book that I wrote in between the middle grade and the picture books. And that one actually came to me from a horse rescue in South Carolina. They contacted me specifically about that. So oh, wow. I've had some people kind of reach out to me. Yeah, and that, that was a great story to do for them. So it's one of those I'm kind of just taking a little bit of a break, and then I'll just kind of see if, if either I have an idea or if somebody else has an idea that they kind of pitch to me and then see where I go from there. But at the moment, I'm not working on anything, just doing a lot of uh, doing a lot of stuff with my normal full-time job and, and uh, horse rescue and and that's what keeps me busy. So yeah, I imagine I am full of respect for writers that, you know, also have full time jobs and commitments like you do. I just I don't know where you find the time. Yeah, that's that's why I always say everyone's like, Oh, just write another book. Well, when? <laughs> when Ex- am I supposed to have time for this? Exactly, exactly. So in your opinion, <laughs> how important is children's literature in shaping young minds, uh, particularly in their formative years? Oh, I think it's very important. When I was a child, that was literally a huge influence on me with all the different books that I read as a kid. And it's funny, I look back now and I, I think I still remember the books I read as a, as a child better than anything I read now. <laughs> so there's, it's just really, really formative, I think, on, on children and kind of teaches you life lessons and, and how to relate to other people and, and, and just all those things. So I think it's extremely important. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it opens up the world to, um, you know, like a toddler yeah. has very limited access to the world. So this just kind of opens it up for them. What advice would you give to authors wanting to write a picture book? Do you have any advice based on your journey? Absolutely. I would say, I mean, I think writers groups are a great asset. Um, if you can find a writers group that has other picture book authors specifically, if you're looking to do that genre, that's really helpful. When I first joined the writers group many years ago, I was just doing middle grade and pretty much everybody else was doing picture books. Mm. Um, And I had moved out of state since then. So the first thing I did when I was sitting down to write this picture book was send my first draft to all those picture book authors and say, did I do this correctly? (laughs) Does this seem right? And, you know, what do I need to change and things like that? So that would be my first thing is just, you know, workshop it and don't be afraid to take other people's feedback. You have to change 
everything based on somebody else's feedback, but you, at least to get, you'll notice some themes of, you know, several people come back to you and say this, this, and this needs to change, or if you're maybe try this, that's really good. And the, <laughs> the other um, advice I would say is just find a really great illustrator because the pictures are so important with a picture book. I mean, it's, it's great to have great words, but if you don't have an illustrator that understands your story and is willing to kind of shape those illustrations around your story, you don't really have a book. So yeah, it's so important. And I'm just, wow, I'm in awe of your illustrator too. And that just thank you for, for sharing amazing. about her. Yeah. Well, is there anything else you wanted to add today? I would just say, you know, for most writers, if they're coming into this new or continuing, just, you know, make sure you don't give up and make sure you, you know, the whole old adage of write what you know, even if it's not specific. I mean, I've written about places I haven't really been before, but I try to write about themes and experiences that have happened to me in some way. So I think that's a really good, important thing to do and just sharing your story. And I think by doing that, it's going to relate to a lot of people. So that would be my only other advice that I would add. Yeah, great advice. Well, Diana, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your story. It was really interesting to learn more about you and your work and Miss Alberta, Feline Barn Manager. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was really a great conversation. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining me today for my interview with Diana Torto, author of Miss Alberta, Feline Barn Manager. You can learn more about Diana and her work at www.horsebooksforkids.com. And be sure to check out our other interviews at InsideScoopLive.com.